Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Monday the 20th of January. Coming up, free sanitary products in schools and colleges. If you're having problems as a young girl, you should be able to go to a teacher and say, I need a sanitary towel and, and, and hopefully this will become the norm and will become very ordinary and we won't even think about it in a few years' time. Debate over Big Ben Brexit bongs. There are far greater priorities that we should be concentrating on. However, if people wish to celebrate on the 31st, then that's their choice. And thousands sign petition against new homes. Only a small percentage of them will be social housing or affordable housing, shall we say. That basically means most of them are just going to be bought by people like my generation and above. Kent Online News. Schools and colleges in Kent are being offered sanitary products in a bid to reduce the number of girls missing classes because of period poverty. Almost half of teenage girls in the country think not being able to afford pads or tampons is holding girls back. From today, products will be available at primary and secondary schools for girls to pick up for free. Kelly Green is from the Red Box Project, who've been supplying things like sanitary towels in Dartford for the past few years. This is absolutely brilliant news. It's something that we've campaigned for over the last few years. Um, research that was done a few years ago showed that this is a really big but hidden problem among schoolgirls. So the research found that there were 15% of girls at school that were struggling to afford sanitary towels or other sanitary products and they were missing school as a result often. Um, they weren't concentrating in school. Um, they were finding things difficult. 7% of those girls were using socks or cardboard in their knickers instead of sanitary towels, which you can imagine is is just awful. So hopefully this is fantastic news in putting an end to those kind of practices. Um, We've been running about 20 boxes in Dartford in different schools, colleges and some youth groups. Um, The demand hasn't really faded during the kind of two, three years we've been running the project. So this is absolutely brilliant news. The only um, concern that I would have is how the scheme's going to be administered. Uh, schools need to sign up for it. We know schools are very busy. And then um, the most important thing when the sanitary towels are in the schools is that the children have the awareness that they can go and ask for them. Um, what I think our project really had going for it that was really good was that uh, girls could take as many sanitary towels as they wanted. So take a pack for the day, take a pack for the month, um, perhaps different thicker packs for the night. Um, I hope that's going to continue because that's made a massive difference to the girls as opposed to kind of traditional schemes where you would go to reception at school ask for ask for a sanitary towel and be given one which you know is quite inadequate um so i really hope that, that continues that girls are able to take a whole pack or a couple of packs to get them through a through a period that that'll be my big hope that we don't lose that kind of essence that they can take as much as they want how important is that you mentioned there about obviously the, the role schools will play here in terms of it's an opt-in scheme now presumably all schools will opt in How important is it that that understanding of how it works is clear for for all schools involved? Oh, it's massively important. Without that communication, schools won't be aware and and obviously they won't apply. So um, girls will miss out. I hope that the Department of Education are really making sure schools are aware of this. Um, A similar scheme's already been rolled out in Scotland and the results are fantastic. 89% of girls who received towels said they felt less worried about their period at school. Um, You know, as a young girl... um, as most young girls have irregular periods, often they're sitting in class worrying worrying about, um, excuse the language, but coming on, um, worried about leaking. So it's massively, massively important. So if a school are not, are not taking part, then there are girls that are gonna, going to miss out without a doubt. So I really, really hope that that communication is being well done. And um, I would just say to anyone that has got daughters at school to make sure their school is signed up. Do you feel ultimately this is quite a symbolic 
moment and this is as you say this is what you've been campaigning for for the past few years i think this is really a symbolic moment this was a problem that um even as recently as five years ago people didn't talk about people didn't know about so i think um it's a great thing that this shows the power of of kind of um organic campaigns that are started by um ordinary people um this this campaign was was started by uh, annika george who was just just an ordinary person that saw recognized a problem and decided to campaign about it. Um, I, th- I think this is a great move on to recognising that there are problems girls specifically have, um, particularly teenage girls with, with periods that need ch- uh, challenging and tackling. So hopefully this is a big a big step forward to that being recognised and, and just really a change of ethos. As much as um, it's important that people are getting the, the free product products, it's also important this has finally been recognised and not been something that we need to whisper that, you know, I'm having trouble with my period is not something to be ashamed of. It should become an ordinary thing to talk about. And if you're having problems as a young girl, you should be able to go to a teacher and say, I need a sanitary towel. And, and, and hopefully this will become the norm and will become very ordinary and we won't even think about it in a few years' time. The average woman spends an estimated £4,800 on period products during her lifetime. Kent Online reports. A man's appeared in court charged with murder after a woman was found dead in Gillingham. The body of a 39-year-old was discovered at a property on Richmond Road last Thursday evening. 40-year-old Benjamin Bowler, who lives on the same street, has been remanded in custody and is due at Crown court on Wednesday. A company's been fined £30,000 after a man was killed when he fell from a trailer and was crushed by a concrete beam in Romley Marsh. It happened while an extension was being built at a farm in Burmarsh in 2018. AA Clifton Limited from Hagelands Farm admitted breaching health and safety laws. A man who admitted threatening to stab door staff outside a bar in Maidstone has been jailed for 15 months. The 29-year-old from London was kicked out of bar chocolate in market buildings along with a friend in January last year, but they came back carrying large knives. Another man's already been locked up for the same offence. Now calls for half a million pounds to be spent on making the Big Ben chimes ring out to mark the UK leaving the EU have been branded a waste of money. We know there will definitely be a light display around Whitehall, a commemorative coin and a countdown clock projected onto Downing Street on the 31st of January. There are no plans for the famous landmark to chime though as it's currently being renovated but a crowdfunding page to make it happen has already raised more than £250,000. Our political editor Paul Francis has been discussing it on Paul on Politics on KMTV. Conservative Patrick Lowlean, Medway Labour councillor Nashaba Khan and Evie Martin from the Brexit Party have all had their say. Patrick, are you, are you uh, enthused by this idea or don't really care? I, I really don't care one way or <laughs> I, I think it's... Uh, I let, let people celebrate if they so wish. However, um, why... It would seem to sort of be something which some people might find provocative and goes against your desire for national re- reconciliation. Yes, I guess it is. Uh, I, know, I know a lot of people who find it very provocative and who are very angry about it. But um, I don't think it is a big enough an issue to be worth thinking but about. It's provided headline writers with a fantastic few days. Evie, what was your thoughts about it? Do you think people are getting too exercised about uh, Well, about I think Big, Big Ben, it's unfortunate that the clangor is missing <laughs> at the moment. Maybe um, that's a so metaphor for... What, what uh, the plan is, is to um, play the big bong chimes really loudly 
from speakers in Parliament Square because there's big parties going on. Well, it's the Leave Means Leave party, which is happening um, in Parliament Square uh, uh, between 9 and 11 on uh, have you, the 31st. Have you donated to the crowdfunding? <laughs> I uh... haven't donated to the crowdfunding. <laughs> I happen to think that if there was £500,000, it ought to go to food banks mm. or to people who haven't got a washing machine. I honestly think that that is a, a waste of money. I, it, because they could just sound the bells from from a machine. Quick, quick word from the Shaba. You I think be... Eve is right. I think it's um, there are far greater priorities that we should be concentrating on. However, if people wish to celebrate on the thirty first, then that's their choice. Ish has been out chatting to people in Rochester to find out what they think of the idea. It's an absolute waste of money, and uh, I wouldn't dream of, of of contributing to it. It's silly to celebrate something which is likely to impoverish this country. If they crowdfund it, then all credit to them. Let's do it. Yeah, I've no objection to Big Ben sounding. It's a momentous day. I believe it sounded when we joined the whatever it was, the common market. So I'm a great believer in yeah, donging. Now we're leaving. But what, what do you think about people who are saying that that money should be invested elsewhere into schools, into youth services? Well, it's not public money, is it? It's individuals contributing. So if they're contributing to something can't say someone who contributes to a charity is giving it to the wrong charity and therefore you should give it to animals or children or whatever because that's what you believe in if that's what they want to give their money to then I think we're entitled to spend our money where we want to. The Prime Minister suggested it could cost half a million pounds. Do you feel that's money well spent? It's a waste of money if you ask me, yeah. But where, where would you want to see that money being invested? A lot of people suggested things like schools and youth services, is that yeah, a much better idea? Everything is an issue. NHS is a big one, let's be honest. But yeah, no, a bit of a waste of money, just for a one-off, it's pointless. I think it's something that we should be doing, yeah, definitely. I think it's good for the country to celebrate uh, us leaving the EU, and I think if costs, if everyone puts towards it, I think that's, that's a very good thing. You know, there are a lot of people suggested that it should be spent elsewhere, but of course there is a crowdfunder going around that's invested more than £100,000 so far. Do you think that that's the right way to go about it? If I think people a crowdfunder, yeah. I think if it was the government put the money in and it's success, it's, you know, there's other things it can go towards. So I think crowdfunding is the way to go. No, I wouldn't say it was money well spent at all when they can quite easily spend the money on something else. Some charitable donation to something that is going to help the people that's going to affect Brexit might be a good idea, but... So, you know, so this, this, there's a crowdfunder at the moment that's raised more than £100,000. Is that that's, you know, in, in bad taste perhaps? Um, no, if it's crowdfunded and people want to pay for it themselves, then I can't see a problem with that. Atrocious. <laughs> when you think what the problems there are at the moment, you know, you see it in the streets, with, you know, ex-soldiers being an ex-soldier myself, things like that. I think it's, yeah, it's a waste of money. Where do you think people should be prioritising their money? Well, to to the needy, basically, in, as a general, not as a you know, as a as a general sort of to the needy, the people that actually do need it. I mean, that what, what is it going to accomplish at the end of the day? You know, it's to me, it's not going to accomplish anything. You oh. Know. oh, the bells have gone off. Yes, great. Yeah, and you've still got the poor guys that have been in all the wars and everything like that, still sleeping rough. You've got. Youngsters still being abused, still, but you know, I just think it's money wasted.
I think it's a lot of money just to ring Big Ben, but I think there should be some celebration of some sort. You can let us know what you think as well by voting in our poll on the story at kentonline.co.uk. Kent Online News. There's a warning more people could risk their lives to reach trains on time if a second ticket machine isn't added to a Kent railway station. Story near Canterbury doesn't have a footbridge over the tracks and just one ticket machine on the Thanet bound side. At Kent Online you can see a picture of a man clambering over the barriers to get back onto the correct platform. Southeastern say they're considering installing another machine on the London bound side. A level two cold weather alerts in place across Kent as temperatures continue to plummet. Met Office forecasters say there's a 70% chance of severe conditions until six tomorrow evening. Emergency action's been taken to protect rough sleepers in the county and health officials are urging us to keep an eye out for those who may need help staying warm. A pregnant horse that was dumped in a muddy field in Faversham has died, along with her unborn foal. The pony was abandoned near Brindley Corner last Tuesday night. A team from Happy Endings Rescue took her to the vets and looked after her, but she passed away on Friday. More than 3,000 people have signed a petition against plans to build 1,600 homes near a Thanet village. People living in Birchington are worried about the impact it could have if it's given the go-ahead. Ollie's been chatting to Gary Fowler, who set up the campaign. I basically went along to the consultation um, on the 4th of October and... Um, just talking to some of the, you know, the people from the companies who are planning to build these houses, the, you know, the people are designing it, and also the construction company. It was almost presented as if it was a, a done deal. So basically, it was, you know, what, where do you want the houses to be built? Do you want, you know, spaces between? Do you, where do you want the school located? If you know, we put because in the blurb it says, you know, allocation for a school, but there's no guaranteed funding from it from KCC and also for um, the medical centre as well. And it's just the way it was presented as if it was already decided when essentially we're still in the process of doing the local plan or trying to agree the local plan and that consultation doesn't end as you know till the 27th of, eight, 27th of January so it kind of to be honest it just got my back up a bit you know it kind of infuriated me that they were almost trying to present it as if it was already decided when you know as you know the local plan hasn't been decided then you need the planning permission which is a separate battle entirely if it even gets that far so for me it was the fact that when you looked at the numbers, you know, 1,600 homes, you kind of go, it's quite a lot of housing. But then when you work out, you know, I sat down and I thought, well, how many people? So I was working on a basis of three. I mean, you know, Hannes is 2.4. But, you know, if you say three, it comes out to 4,800, almost 500 people, you know, because obviously household numbers will vary. That's a 50% increase in the population of Birchington. And just from, you know, my experience of trying to get an appointment at the local uh, medical centre for myself, my wife or my you know, parents who live here as well. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's impossible, but it's actually difficult because they don't have enough doctors there already. Um, Birchington is obviously a retirement place because it's near the sea. You know, population of Birchington is 21%, you know, over 65. So there's more need for those medical facilities. So I just thought, in effect, they're building, you know, these 5,000 or homes for 5,000 additional people. It's going to totally transform the nature of the village anyway but it's more to do with the infrastructure that goes with it the roads already you know backed up all the way out down the, the hill during summer um there's i mean they say there's provision for a road but you know my point is if they should build the ro- they should build the road anyway without the additional housing that's you know we do need a relief road I, i'm not completely anti-development it's just the fact that they're doing it without the provisions needed to 
you know, have that number of people living in this area. It's 50% increase in the village, so. And it's, um, is, it, is, it the, is it the biggest, is it the biggest village? Uh, it's got a title. It's one it? of, yeah, it's, it's always, I've, I've heard that before where I say it's the biggest village in uh, Kent, but the whole point is if you add another 5,000, it's not a village anymore, it's then a town. And it doesn't have the provisions of a town. It doesn't have, you know, we have, we have pretty good shopping locally, but, um, you know, in terms of like sports centre, cinema, you know, a decent selection of restaurants, these kind of things that you would expect with a, a reasonable sized town. We don't have any of that and there's no plans for any of that. So um, it's literally just, you know, increase the number of housing, no facilities. How long have you lived in Birchington? I've lived in Birchington for 22 years. So and, and so you must when you when you go to these local shops and things and you, you come across especially when you've been doing the petition you yeah. come across local people who've been here for a long time like yourselves yeah. is there a feeling that the the community spirit the community of Birchington is essentially being sucked out potentially by this large development? I think it will change the nature of the place. I mean, I was actually um, quite surprised when I you know I was expecting maybe a bit more opposition from some of the businesses because I I put it in about 10 to 15 shops you know just and obviously asked them you know will you take you know will we take the petition and I think nine 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 out of ten of the ones I asked you know say 90 percent were basically against the uh you know increase in the numbers because they said they they didn't feel it would actually result in an increase in the number of customers so you know to them it's detriment to the the village because in effect you're losing you know, it's not, it's not, everyone says, yes, it's agricultural land, but it's also a lot of people use it for leisure activity as well. You know, it has all these footpaths that go across it. You know, it's open countryside, people go for walks, they take their dog. You know, if you're living here, there's loads of people take their dog for a walk. There's loads of people who use it for running. You know, it's, um, it's more than agricultural land. It's kind of like your, you know, your kind of back door to the countryside, you know, to get out and explore as well. Well, developers say they'll work with residents to ensure the development is sensitive to the community. Kent Online reports. A woman in her 30s has been arrested after being taken to hospital following a crash in Sheerness. A car hit a parked vehicle in Marine Parade on Saturday night. She's been questioned on suspicion of driving while unfit through alcohol or drugs and assaulting an emergency worker. Funding for youth services in England and Wales has dropped by 70% in real terms in the last eight years and Medways has been completely cut. Figures obtained by the YMCA show more than 4,500 jobs in the sector have been lost. Ministers insist they're putting more money into services for young people. A man's been ordered to pay more than £400 after a cardboard box full of rubbish was dumped in Hythe. A fly-tipping investigation was launched after it was left in Old London Road last June. James Highwood from St Nicholas Terrace failed to respond to a number of letters about it or turn up to court. He's been convicted and fined in his absence. Now, Fatboy Slim and Madness will be headlining a two-day festival in Kent this summer. High Tide will be happening at Dreamland in Margate in July to mark the amusement park's 100th anniversary. The DJ and lead singer of Madness, Suggs, have been on the seafront this lunchtime giving away 100 free tickets. Marika's been down there with them. So when you were first approached about playing a vintage theme park, what was your first thoughts? I thought, I am a vintage theme park, it's perfect. (laughs) I'm in a vintage theme park band. (laughs) So it's the perfect setting, really? I thought, yeah, I just thought um, that was number one on my bucket and spade list. Um, no, really, seriously, I was actually going to say, was it on my bike? No, there's, there's certain things that you do, especially this, this end of our careers, it's like, why do we never think of that before? This just has to be done. So it, I didn't know it was on my bucket list, but it, it was as soon as I said it. So I said yes before I found out. 
the madness we're doing here. And have you and, played... Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, it was, we were just saying earlier, we've known each other pretty much all our, our professional lives, but we never actually played together. And it's funny, it's only now this has come about, you see... No, technically we're actually not on the same bill, really, so over two days. We're, uh, that day will come. Oh, there you go, there you well, go. Um, yeah. But actually you did play with us, didn't you? That's Martin's one, so that's a lie, isn't it? 1985 is the last time we could actually work together. So we're, we're <laughs> we've never been invited back. 35 years on, here we are. But um, no, to think about the sort of music that Norman's been making all these years, and us really, there are a lot of parallels in that having a good time, people pay their money, they want to be entertained, and, and dancing and singing and letting yourself go. And what better place than in Margate, for sure, yeah. And what kind of crowds do you expect? It'll be your fans, do you think? Like, yeah, approaching capacity. Yeah. <laughs> Not far off. I think, I think it'd be a, it'd be a nice mix of fans of ours who have travelled and who, who kind of like the fact because not this area of the country doesn't get served that much in, in the bigger gigs. There's that, but also I like the idea that all the locals would just come out, whether or not they're actually fans of either of us. Exactly. It's like this would be the big event for them. No, that's um, what I love. Yeah, these these, these kind of events, not like I compare it to anything else, but where you just get the people coming out, going, the sun shining. This could be a great weekend, regardless of whether I love either of those bands. It's going to be fun, and of course it will be. I mean, it's a great joy for us as well. I mean, we do so many festivals now, and I love that. Of course, I love my hardcore fans, but I also love the idea of people passing. You know, just taking a chance on you and, and, and enjoying it is it's really rewarding, yeah. And Margate, have you played here before? Um, have I played here? Uh, I did a one-man show here. I don't think Madness... Have, we must have played in Margate, actually. We must have done, probably in the late 70s. Yeah, we did a seaside tour, actually, I remember. And you've got a very cold. house up the road, haven't you, in Whitstable? My, 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 my wife's family are from Whitstable, yeah, and I go there a lot. Yeah, I love Whitstable, yeah, I very much do. Yeah. I mean, I love the seaside in general. I mean, Norman, as he, he lives there, yeah, yeah. yeah have you been the sportsman yet? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry. Because it's your mate, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. Sorry, quick plug for the sports. Sportsman, there's a pub in Westerville that's got a Michelin star, which is amazing because it's not got any frills or fancy. We we'll get we might get a free taster menu out of this. That's the real reason we took this gig, so we can have lunch at the sports. <laughs> and um, finally, what can people expect from your performances in July? Well, we're going to take notes. I should be watching Norman on the Saturday, sort of on the energy levels, you know, checking how loud he is, how much energy he's putting into the show. And I'll put a spot, bit, tiny bit more on the Sunday. Now, I mean, he's a very energetic performer. We're energetic performers. I mean, you know, yeah, you kind of get what, what's on the tin. I'm, I'm going for abandon. Abandoned. Abandoned, yeah. A, a what, sense of just, as well as a sense of abandon, people abandon their inhibitions, abandon their, their clothes, their children. <laughs> oh, no, but like you said, you know, Margate's oh, a place where you, you, know, you come here to have fun, you come here to lose yourself and escape, and that's what that's I'm right. trying to engender that's in right. my show. We're going for the uh, what goes on in Margate stays in Margate, you know what I mean? Do what you like. <laughs> Bit of what you like does you no harm, this is. And on what's apparently the most depressing day of the year, tea bags have been handed out at Kent train stations. A group of Samaritans have been at Rochester and Gravesend as they try to turn Blue Monday into Brew Monday by encouraging people to make a cuppa and have a chat with someone. It's thought the cold weather, low money and lack of motivation since New Year resolutions went down the drain will make today particularly difficult. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham have extended their unbeaten run in league 
League One after drawing one all at home to Oxford United at the weekend. Midfielder Ollie Lee's second half equaliser from the penalty spot rescued a point for the Jills at Priestfield on Saturday. Manager Steve Evans spoke to us after the game. I think two two types of performance. I think the first half we we seemed to yard off the pace. Um, we didn't have any composure. Uh, we never picked a right pass at the right time. Whether over hit it, under hit it. Uh, we probably stood off them, I and mean, maybe as a management team, we're a little bit to blame. Maybe we spoke too glowingly in terms of how good side Oxford are. Um, if you take that, the fact that they have to score a special goal from a really special talent, it's a great goal. Stuart should do better because we identified what this kid could do, stepping over that hand coming inside. But apart from a, apart from a couple of long free kicks into the box, um, just before half time, they've not made another chance. But granted. Probably up until then, we missed the best two good chances of the game, but not take them. But we're still disappointed. I had to lift the dressing a little bit. I had to be quite strong with them, quite vocal with them. Um, reminding what's put us on this run, reminding them what's put us in this chance of, of breaching it in that top ten. And it's about being on the front foot, picking the right path, the right way of pass, having a tempo, pressing the life out of the opposition. And I said to them, you know, we, we can make three changes now to the outfield, but we're not. We're going to stick with it and we'll give it ten minutes and then we'll make three at one time. Unless they give us a cause not to. That's where the second half conversation at the end of the game. I was obviously full of prayers and said if we played for 95 minutes, which is easy for a manager to say, but if we play for 95 minutes like we played in the second half, we'd be Oxford today. It's as simple as that. But I think if you take the totality of the game, and I, when I wake up tomorrow morning, I always like to watch it and reflect on it. But I think I will be thinking that a point shared was probably the desirable team. There's always faults for every goal. I'm sure they'll look at the penalty and think there's faults for that when we get the penalty. My only disappointing thing is we, we have enough good attacking situations in that last 10-15 minutes of the game to have scored a second goal. We got ourselves in some great areas. We were more inventive with our passing. We played more high tempo. Uh, the rain amend where the rain amend, they were absolutely tremendous. The Jules are now six points off the top six and 14th in the table. Meantime, the Gillingham boss has revealed he's turned down the chance to sign a big money striker. While the club's chairman was prepared to do the deal, Steve Evans says he didn't want to blow apart their pay structure. The player hasn't been named, but the Jules have been linked with Lincoln City's John Akinde, who was left out of their squad at the weekend. On to cricket now, and Kent, Zach Crawley and Joe Denley have helped England beat South Africa in their third test. They won by an innings and 53 runs on the final day at Port Elizabeth to go 2-1 up in the series. And in ice hockey, Kent's Invicta Dynamos have picked up another four points after back-to-back wins over the weekend. They beat Bracknell Hornets 5-3 away from home on Saturday evening and thrashed Milton Keynes Thunder 12-1 at the ice rink in Gillingham last night. It means the Moes have climbed to fourth in the South Division 1 table. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.